Okay, stand up. Isaiah 50, verse 4. And please don't put it up. They have to say it without looking. <laughs> the Lord God, please put it up. <laughs> the Lord God, I so. To him who is weary, he will, morning by morning, he awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I need to see it sometimes, you know. <laughs> please, please see it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it's not age, okay? I'm still young. <laughs> Amen. God's really good, and God's good to all of us. We thank God for the word that was given tonight that tells us that we are special to him, and we will return back to the earth uh, to render justice on the earth and judgment. So it's a, it's a great privilege to do that. Uh, the message almost reflects some of the things I want to talk on. On Sunday. So I need you back here on Sunday because that's what we're talking about the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to have that. And it should give us joy that He's coming back. I know for us, all we know is this life. We've never been anywhere else. We don't know about the life to come. But be assured, life after this life. It's a lot richer than what we have right now. We just haven't been there. So all we can do that God appreciates is that we believe him when he tells us that the life over there is much, much better than the life we're living here. No tears, no pain, no night. You're never tired. Don't have to take a shower. No deodorants, nothing. <laughs> hey, the Americans say, whoa, no deodorant. <laughs> we don't need that, okay? <laughs> no sweating, none of that. It's going to be a wonderful life. You see, it seems strange to us because we've never been there. But the life there is so glorious where I don't need to get in my car. You think it and you're there. And then I can sit with Paul and ask questions. And I'm going to sit with Samson and say, what, what happened here, boy? He says, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Let's not go there. Can we talk about something better I don't want to talk about? Delilah, okay? Amen. Tonight we'll continue with our message, The Anointing of a King. Everyone who is born again is actually a king and a princess before the Lord, a queen. Everyone who is born again. Now, the word of God only uses king because to God, no male, no female, is all sons of God. And so we are kings. So every child of God carries the same anointing that Jesus carried while he was here. And I said last time that the uh, 
saints of old, they carried just one type of anointing, sometimes a couple of anointing, and that was all. David was both a king and a prophet. Acts chapter 1 tells us that. Or chapter 2 tells us that, that David was, even though he was a king, he also was a prophet. But Samuel was a prophet. He wasn't a king. He carried only the anointing of a prophet. Samson carried the anointing might. That was all he had. He had might. I'm not sure if he was that smart. No kidding. <laughs> he got in a lot of trouble. But he had that anointing. He had the might on, upon his life. But for us in the New Testament, we have all of that. God has filled us with the anointing of a king. And in, in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2 and 3, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That's talking about Jesus. The seven spirits of God, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight, he's telling us his delight is in the fear of the Lord. That's his delight. And we can see that in the life of Jesus. Even while he was just 12 years old, you could tell he only wanted to be in the house of God. It was his manner to be in every synagogue, in a synagogue every Sabbath day to speak and to share with the people. It's the light that is the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing. He is going to judge supernaturally because he's going to be hearing from that same spirit that was up, upon him. He was the branch, if you begin from verse 1, he was the branch of Jesse, meaning he is in the line of a king. And we carry the same anointing. And so you have in your life the anointing of a king. And I'll get back to the scripture that tells us we are supposed to be ruling on the earth. Sickness is not supposed to rule over your life. Because Jesus took care of it. You suffer because you don't know the truth. My people perish for lack of knowledge. But once you discover the truth, the the truth will go about to set you free. So you lose your fear for sickness and disease. And you can be healthy. You don't have to be sick. We don't have to think sick. Because that's not our inheritance. Jesus paid for that. He bore our sicknesses. And he bore our diseases. We don't have to bear what the Son of God already bore. It's illegal for us to be sick. You can't send two people to jail for the same crime. Unless both of them committed the same crime. It's got to be one. We did, he didn't. He bore it and we we can't be put in jail. That was the great mistake Satan made. When he took him to the cross. Because then he took our place. And Satan cannot have us anymore. He lost us. You can't punish two people. For the crime that just one person did. So we have that spirit. And I started talking about the spirit of cancer. Because we've talked about the spirit of wisdom. Knowledge. And understanding. But then we talked about cancer. Because that's what God's given to us. You can make judgment apart from what you see or hear and it's good to have good counsel and jesus was baptized with the spirit of counsel and he told us if you read the gospel he gave us nuggets here and there 
telling us how to live like a king on the earth. He gave us things. He told us clearly, number one, I'm just going to go through them. Number one, he told us, this is not all of it. We can exhaust everything he gave to us. But there are truths that he gave to us that we can live by. But number one, he says, you must seek God first. Let God be number one. Every other thing is going to be added. That was something he threw at us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. So that's number one. If you want to make it in life, if you want to be truly successful... There are people who have money, they are not successful. They are not prosperous. Because they have everything else that's happening to them. Some have taken their lives. We read about them in the news, uh, in the newspaper, and then you, you saw that on television as well. So just having money is not all. But having that peace and contentment, and all your needs met, God taking care of your needs, that's the blessing. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then He gave us the fact that love, it's invincible. Love never fails. No matter what's coming at you, love. Just love. I was telling somebody uh, this week, uh, this principle, some of the great principles Jesus gave to us. And, and if we don't know this, in the day of Jesus, um, the Romans had dominion over them. And a Roman soldier can tell a fellow, hey, Jew, come over here. And, and put his load on the Jew to go one mile. And he, can, he cannot say no. He'll die if he said no. And so they go one mile. And then after one mile, he takes the stuff from him. And he calls, hey, you, there, you, come. And then pick this. And this fellow, I, I don't know if it's true, but apocryphal, that this man heard Jesus say, if somebody compel you to go one mile, go the second mile. And the fellow said, I never heard anything like this. This, is, this doesn't make sense. For a Roman soldier, I, I'm not going to do that. And he was rebellious. But one day, a Roman soldier said, come, Jew. And he knew he had to do it. And he took the load. He hated it. The first mile, that one mile was really long. The Roman wasn't talking to him. The Roman soldier wasn't talking to him. And he wasn't talking to the Roman soldier. But he was thinking about what Jesus had said. That doesn't make sense. How many of us will get mad? Why should I do this? I'm not a man. That's crazy. Why should I do this? So the first man was really long and silent and painful. But as the man was getting close uh, to, to, uh, to the end, the fellow started thinking, let me just do what the young rabbi said. Let me try to see. And the guy picked, hey, he said, you don't have to call another person. I'll do it. The guy had never seen a Jew like that. The Roman soldier. He said, what did you say? Those are my words, okay. You want to go the second mile? He said, yeah, I'll take it for you for second mile. Really? He said, yeah. Why? <laughs> and he says, well, I'll do it for you. The second man, uh, the Roman soldier said, where are you from? Gave him his family. Said, Who is your daddy? They started talking. Where are you from? Why are you different? Never met any Jew like you. They talked all the way the second mile. That second mile was so short. And they became friends. Every time the Roman soldier comes around, 
he goes, hey, there's this coming. The Romans are planning this stuff. But they, so this is what I want you to do. They became friends. It made sense. What it tells us to do makes sense. You may not understand it, but try it. It will change your life. That's what we must know. It will change your life. Love will make you invincible. Love never fails. There are three things Jesus said. We need faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. You need faith to survive. You need hope. Because without hope, your faith will not work. Third, he gave us about giving. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. But tonight, I want to go to the lesson he gave us on humility. It's a very powerful lesson on humility. That's the counsel he gave us. So several places, Jesus told us things about Humility. He said, if you want to be great, you must be the servant of all. Remember that? You serve. If you want to be great, who is going to be the greatest among us? You have to do service. You serve them. Many times I have people come to church. They want to speak from here. And I'm thinking, you just got here. (laughs) This is not your place. Even if you were great here, give us opportunity to know who you are. And the fact that you're asking to come here tells me who you are. You're not ever, never, you'll never get here. If you want to leave, you can leave right now. The doors are open for you because something is not right. Because that's not what Jesus taught us. We will recognize the greatness when you sit back there. He said, when you are invited... Don't go sit at the head place. Go back there and be pulled up. It's better for us. So he was giving us lessons on humility. Humility is the launching pad for greater heights. The launching pad for greater heights with God. Now we have to understand that humility is not reflected in how a man walks or speaks. Or acts. We, we, many times we're deceived to think, well, he doesn't talk much, so, well, he's got to be humble. That's our own thinking of humility. God does not define humility the way we see it. Humility is a thing of the heart. And every time God sees humility in a man's heart, he rewards it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What is that saying? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed is the one who knows. I don't have what it takes. I need God in my life. It says to that person, God will reveal the secrets of the kingdom. Theirs is the kingdom of God. So you is being given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Until you have full understanding of the mystery of the kingdom of God, you're not going anywhere. 
God chooses those he wants to reveal things to. He doesn't reveal his stuff to everybody. He reveals to those who are humble because that he knows they can handle it. So he tells us very, clear, uh, uh, very clearly in the word of God that God will only promote those who are humble. Because if you don't stay with humility, you're coming down. So we have to understand what that is. In Luke 14 verse 11, it says for, this is for means because, whatever Jesus has told us, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now I said, humility is not in just words. Many times people will go and say, well, I, I know of a story of uh, this lady, you know, in those days in church, when people sing, they say, well, you know, I really don't have a great voice. I just want you to listen uh, to the, the words of the song. And that's a show of humility. But they have some voice, but not, just listen to the words. Let the words minister to you, not the way it sounds. And this lady went up and said that, don't listen to the, 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 word, the sound, just listen to the words. And she sang, and they bless, the words blessed the people. And the fellow went up to him after service, uh, went up to her after service and said, her, Sister, the words were so great, but you sure can sing. And she was mad. <laughs> she was really mad. She was lowering, taking down the expectation so that she can be praised. That's false humility. That's false humility. There were words that Jesus spoke. You couldn't call those humble. I am the light of the world. If you now we know that that was the son of God, right? The people who were standing before him had no idea. They had no idea. So for a man to stand and say before Abraham was... I am, that's not being humbled in our, in our thinking. He was stating the fact, the truth. So it's not in all of those. It depends on, is God that can see it in the man's heart, even though you talk humble, but God still knows, he knows what's in there. And he's the one to reward what's in there. Not you, not man. God is the one that sees it. And he'll let you know. Your spirit will convict you. You will know it. So God is the one that gives that to us. But whenever God sees humility, he promotes you. How? He unveils his word to you and gives you understanding. Because you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So that's why the scripture tells us this in James chapter 4 verse 6. It says, but he gives more grace. God gives more grace. That means you and I are candidates for more grace. As you're sitting there right now, you are a candidate in the eyes of God for more grace. You can't do anything in Christianity without grace. But God gives more grace. You cannot rise in Christianity 
except by the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Great men of God, only by the grace of God. But God gives more grace. And may God baptize you this night with his grace and multiply his grace upon your life and my life. I need more grace. Every one of us needs more grace. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, because of this, you need to know, even though God wants to give more grace, then he's warning us. Therefore, he says, God says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So God wants to give more grace, but he wants you to know, if you're proud, you're not going to have grace. And if you don't have grace upon your life, you will suffer disgrace and pain and shame. You can't live for God without grace. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by our Lord Jesus Christ. So grace, he gives more grace. You know, the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves. Because it came from God. The faith, the grace, all came from God. And that, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest anyone will boast. Ephesians 2 verse 8. So, faith cannot work without grace. You can't have faith when there is no grace. For by grace are you saved through Faith. So if you don't have grace, God gives more grace. So if God's resisting you, how can you have grace? You will need grace to have faith. Faith is the other side of the same coin with faith. Grace and faith, they go together. So you cannot carry the anointing of the king without humility. You just cannot carry the anointing of a king. I'm not talking about false humility. Uh, That's not where we want to go. We're talking about true humility before God, where you know if God doesn't stay with me, it's over. If God's not with me, I'm undone. It's just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were not boasting. They were saying, our God is able to deliver us. But if God is not willing, that's it. We're gone. We're ready to go too. They were totally dependent on God. If God doesn't do it, I cannot do it. So when you speak, it's based on God's grace upon your life. And you are fully trusting in God. That's humility. That's humility. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says, For if by the one man's offense, we're talking about the anointing of a king, and we're talking again here about humility and grace, how they go together, you cannot have grace because God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. The grace is what allows you to know and understand God's word because if you don't understand God's word, Satan will... 
really cause you a lot of problem in life. He steals the word from your heart. If you don't understand it, you can read that from Matthew chapter 5. He steals it from your heart. If you don't understand, no, sorry, Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. He takes the word from your heart so it doesn't bear fruit. But once you understand the word, the word will bear fruit because truth will always set somebody free. But you need grace to know the truth of the word of God. He gives us grace. For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, much more those who receive what? Abundance of grace. He gives more grace. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Notice two things. When you are born again, you receive what? The gift of righteousness. But you need abundance of grace. And abundance of grace only comes through godly humility. Because God resists the proud. And so when you receive that more grace, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign where? In life. The anointing of a king. You reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So if you want that reigning in life, we're not talking about being President Obama. <laughs> this is different. And if you talk to President Obama, he, if he sits you down and tell, tells you his troubles, you probably say, you can keep your place and I'm out of here. <laughs> I saw President Bush when it was the day for Obama to take over. The guy was dancing in the park. He was so happy. <laughs> Tired of this stuff, you know. <laughs> He was dancing so much. I was laughing at this fellow. I said, I can tell why he's dancing. This all this trouble. The trouble of the world. Oh, come on, fellow. Even if you belong to another party, don't matter. Come over. Come taste of what I've been tasting. All this. Come over. Notice he doesn't criticize the fellow. He knows what he's going through. <laughs> he's smart. <laughs> Good man. So this is wonderful. We reign in life through the grace of God. And you know that grace can be multiplied. Grace can be multiplied. You can read Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can multiply grace. But multiplication of grace comes only through humility. And what that really means before God, you are totally dependent on Him. You don't think you can handle it without Him. Your confidence is in God and nothing else. Nothing else. Not in your own, suppose, abilities and gifts. You are totally dependent on Him. I think I've read somewhere, minister, the day I don't feel that little butterfly, God, please help me, I'm an, I already know what to do, you've lost it. You've got to be totally dependent on him. And that's where your confidence should be, not in yourself or what you can do. Because there are people that have better abilities, and they are wasting away. It takes only the grace of God. The Bible tells us, trust in the Lord 
with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Once you start leaning on your own understanding, your own strength, you've moved from humility to pride, and then God starts resisting you. How would you proceed when God himself is resisting you? Where would you go? There's nowhere to go. The same God who is in charge of everything in the universe, he's opposed to where you're going. You're not going anywhere. But when we trust him and we put everything in his hand, and that's what Jesus said, you can imagine the humility came out of his mouth. I can of my own self do what? Nothing, he said. What I see the Father do, that's what I do. But then he turns around and he's telling you, I am the resurrection and the life. You can see those two. But it's totally dependent. He says, the words, the words that you hear, they are not even mine. They're from him. But then they tell you, I tell you the truth. It all goes together. Because he's totally dependent on his father. If you're here tonight, no matter what you're going through, all I'm asking and what I'm saying to you today, even if you think you have ability and you have gifts, believe me, the root of that is in God. And the day you move away from it, you're going to learn a lesson. Some way you're going to learn it. That is all from Him. But you can stand firm and be confident that He is faithful. He doesn't change. And that's where your confidence must come from. And that's the true humility before God. Not a conjoined one. And, and when, when you do that, God's going to bless you. It's those who receive abundance of grace. You really can't operate in humility without grace. <laughs> I mean, it's like a vicious cycle when you go the way of pride. So God's going to work on that. So we reign in life through humility. And Jesus taught, it, taught that to us. He said, come unto me, all you who labor, and I have a and I'll give you rest. You'll find rest to your soul. Learn from me. Learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm humble. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's the kingdom of God. That's what we must learn before God. And that's where you have your confidence. In God. Not in yourself. Not in your abilities. You know that everything is coming from God. And that's where we can have our confidence and God will endorse our lives. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from him. Only God can promote a person. So I'm going to move on to the next one. The spirit of might. Might. I think we have to really trust the Spirit of God for that. You've read in the scriptures in the Kings about Elijah at running a horse. Have you read that before? Elijah, before the rain came, he ran. That was supernatural. God did that. And we must make up our minds, I'm going to be strong in God. It's all in the thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, not confidence in yourself, but God. 
God can hold your body together. God can keep you strong. If we will believe in him. And not think sickness. The greatest enemy that we have is looking at everybody else. And what, you know, this person is going through. Or people we think they are closer to God. We think they are closer to God than ourselves. So we compare ourselves with those people. The Bible says those who compare themselves with one another, they're not wise. The Bible tells us that. If you compare yourself with some other person, you're not wise. This is the only place to go. This is the only place to go. We're all in this together. Amen? We're all finding our way together. We're not running a group race. Everyone to himself, okay? Husband, you're running your race. Your wife's running their race. She prays, you don't pray. It's no group race here. It's an individual thing. So we shouldn't be looking at the other person. You remember when Jesus pulled Peter away from the rest of them? And he was telling Peter how he was to glorify God. And Peter said, what about John? He says, forget John, you follow me. Those are my language. But he says, if I will that he remains till the end, what is that to you? You follow me. He will follow his own path. Everyone has a different path. So don't compare yourself with anybody. Don't do that. The Bible is very clear. If you compare yourself with anybody, you're not wise. That's what the Bible says. Paul said that to us. So we must recognize and stay with God's word alone. Nothing else. That's true humility. Because you are not leaning on your own understanding. You are trusting in the Lord with all, not some of your heart, all of your heart. Now that I've said that, Psalm 103 verse 5, one of the things that, the benefits that God said we must never forget, bless the Lord, O my soul, can we all say it? And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And don't forget all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals some of your diseases. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are so smart. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. But he satisfies your mouth with what? Good things, so that your what? Your youth is renewed. So, I would say, that's nice, <laughs> but I feel old. What's, what's that? I mean, everybody's going to get old. I can walk this way, you know. Well, I'm resisting that, okay? <laughs> I'm not talking to anybody. I'm saying, God, I like to walk straight, Okay? Amen. And when I'm start walking like this and I need, would you please take my hand? I'm ready to go home. <laughs> I'll go be with the Lord. But God can hold your body together. He certainly can. We have to trust him. Caleb said, I'm 80 now. And my strength is just like when I was 40. Give me that mountain there. I can do exactly. And he did. He went. 
supernatural in the Old Testament. Supernaturally, God was holding his body together. Think about the children of Israel in the wilderness. They had shoes that wouldn't wear because God was blessing them. Have you ever wondered where they washed their clothes in the wilderness? <laughs> okay, we went that way before. <laughs> yeah. These are some of the things I think my mind is weird. I think about some of all this stuff. <laughs> but God was with them. They got this. We have our air conditioning that makes noise. They had the cloud that would come at night uh, during the day and will help them to feel cool. And at night in the desert, I mean, it's cold, and here comes the pillar of fire to warm the crowd. That's the same God we're serving. Amen. That makes me feel good. He can still do it today. I don't need some fire in my room, but, uh, <laughs> but that's the same God we serve. Your minds are crazy. (laughs) Stand up. We're closing right now. (laughs) I got the ladies laughing and I knew what was going on. But I'm talking about a physical fire, okay? (laughs) You people need to repent tonight. Stand up. I'm not going any further. <laughs> We're in church, you know. <laughs> it satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed as the eagle. He satisfies your mouth with good things. That's what God's doing for us. And he's still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. If God is saying that, he says don't forget his benefits. That means you can be forgiven. That means you can be healed. No matter what. No matter how bad you failed, God can still lift you up. God can still put you at the top. There is nothing that's impossible with him. Don't ever... Speak against your soul. No matter what. That's the soul for for which the blood of God was shed. No matter what mistakes you've made in the past. This is a new day. The Bible says I make all things new. Amen. So your life can be made new from this very hour. Don't wonder when. I mean now. Second Corinthians 6 verse 2. He says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Today is that day. God is doing some work in your life right now. God is transforming your life right now because of the words that you're hearing. We just don't come here to have some kind of a gathering. No. God's doing some work that you can't see. He's cleansing. He's working on your situation whatever that is, to make it better. And when God starts, He finishes. He's able to complete everything that He starts. 
So never get discouraged. He told us very clearly in his word. Be very courageous. Strong and be courageous. Because discouraging circumstances will come in your life. But God saying, ignore them. Set your eyes on me. Fix on me. He, I will take care of you. Read Isaiah 54. He'll take care of you. No matter what's going on in your life, I'm telling you, we can trust God together. There is God in heaven, and he's our father. And he's a good father. If you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the heavenly father. That's our father. He's, he'll take care of us. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to him tonight and thank him for who he is. And no condemnation. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Tell yourself tonight. I need everyone to say this. I am in Christ Jesus. I am in Christ Jesus. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm a child of God. A member of God's family. Amen. That's who you are.